Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Kevin Carter was born in in South Africa. And with all the civil unrest there, he witnessed a lot of racial violence. He witnessed a lot of political instability, and he witnessed a lot of civil war. And as a result of this, he grew up and lived and saw a lot of famine-stricken lands in Africa. He grew up and he became a photojournalist. In 1993, he had the opportunity to fly to Sudan as a, fo- as a photojournalist to cover the, uh, the famine in that area. And while he was taking photos, he saw what appeared to be a little girl lying on the ground. As he got closer, it in fact was a little boy that was starving, lying on the ground with his elbows and his forehead buried in the the dirt with a vulture lurking nearby on the ground. The boy was basically skin and bones. He had left his small village so that he could head to the food center to get food. But because he was so frail and because he was so uh, malnourished, he was left there on the ground, lying face first with a vulture lurking nearby. And I'll tell you what happens at the end of the story. At the end of the message. Let's get 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. Verse number 11. The Bible says. Nevertheless. Neither is the man without the woman. Neither the woman without the man. In the Lord. Men and women. They can't live without each other. They can't have true success. Without each other. Husbands and wives, their happiness depends on each other. Remember, the Bible says the woman was formed from the man. But watch also what it says. Also, man also comes from woman. (laughs) In other words, yeah. Adam came from Eve, or Eve, I'm sorry, Eve came from Adam, but after that, it was the other way around. All of the Adams, quote-unquote, came from all of the Eves. All of the men came from women. I don't understand this society of these uh, young teenagers or these young people, these young adults, that uh, they want to just be independent of their mother. They don't want to pay any respect to their mom, that Birthed them, conceived them, nursed them, fed them, clothed them. Message Bible's trying to tell us in this verse. Preachers that are able to stand up in a pulpit and be able to bring God's word. Guess where they came from? A mom who nurtured them and cared for them. And, you know, we can make all these arguments. Well, they didn't do everything right. Well, the preachers don't do everything right. The rebellious teenagers don't do everything right. Nobody does everything right. These husbands that are filled with rage and anger, 
They're not men. They're acting like little childish boys. That is not a biblical model to follow. All men came from women, except one, and that was Adam. All of the dysfunction that I mentioned, none of that is success. All of that is independence from the Lord. It's not living in harmony in the Lord based on the distinction that God has set. It says in verse number 11, nevertheless. So nevertheless, man, they really have to watch their pride of superiority rising up. And they need to be careful to treat women with respect, treat them with mutual care. That's what a gentleman is. That's what a successful man is. Verse number 11, neither is the man without the woman. Now, the culture reads that as man is without the woman. Man just do what he wants. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to pay any care. Matter of fact, this world, this culture teaches men to disrespect women. And only biblical Christianity teaches men to respect and love and care for women. This world, they'll take a woman and that their message to them is you just be independent. You don't need a man. You just be independent. You can do it all on your own. That's not a biblical mindset. It's a cultural or worldly mindset. Not, uh, nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman. Neither the woman without the man in the Lord. As we go through 1 Corinthians 11, we see certain distinctions that weren't just for a cultural time in Corinth. They're applicable and reasonable to ask all Christians to apply today. Each of us, male and female, has a proper role that is appointed by God in the creation, male, female. In the sexual union, there's a distinction in reproductive parts. In the home, there's a mom and a dad. There's a, there's a health, there's a head with children as the hope. We talked about that in an earlier message. In the church, some will use the term lead pastor or head pastor, or they'll use these different terms. And all that really, I mean, you can look at it the other way, too. With women, they're supposed to complement the ministry of the word. They're not to take over that role. They have a distinctive role to complement the ministry of the preaching and teaching of the word of God. It's not. It's not that a man is more saved than a woman and so therefore he can preach. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with there's a distinction in those roles and we all stay in our lane. And guess what we get? Success in the Lord, the way he would have us to do it. In this world, some men have a lot of success. In this world, many women have a lot of success. Independent of the Lord. How many people have you heard of that have made a success out of their life according to whatever industry they're in? But it's not in the Lord. It's in that industry. 
and it's at the exclusion or the expense of the Lord. You're never going to see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Because all of your success ain't going to follow you out of this world. If you're in the Lord, you can't fail. You can fail at business. You can fail at a project. You can fail in many, many things. If you're in the Lord, you've got the victory. You can't fail, even though your life down here on earth, you might have to witness and be a part of temporal failures. If you're in the Lord, you can't lose. Go over to 1 John chapter number 5. 1 John chapter number 5. Verse number four, the Bible says, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God. That's how you have victory. Believing that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Everybody's a, everybody. Most of this world, they're just afraid of failure. This is why they don't take a step forward. They either take a step back or they just keep their feet planted where they are. Because if they move forward, you know what there's a chance of? You're going to fail. You're going to have a setback. Somebody's going to make fun of you. Somebody's going to say something that hurts your feelings. Somebody might tease you. You might mess up your words and make a mistake. And now that's embarrassing. And so we don't move forward because we're afraid we're going to fail. Hey, wait a minute. Are we in the Lord? You can't lose. You can't lose. I didn't say you'd never make a mistake. But amidst all the mistakes, amidst all the failures, if you're in the Lord, what are you doing? You're pressing toward a higher mark. You've got your eyes on a different prize. And if you're in the Lord, you're not. Independent. Amen. You're dependent upon Christ, your Savior. And you won't be disappointed, even though we are all going to live our life and we are going to experience disappointment. But you won't be disappointed because you're in the Lord. You've got a living hope. You won't be unsuccessful even if the world says you're unsuccessful. Because you've got the victory in Jesus Christ. It's a perspective. It's a biblical perspective. And these distinctions are set out in the Lord so that we can live a victorious life. Also, notice when the Bible says in the Lord... We are equally redeemed, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. All of us are saved and equally redeemed. Therefore, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. We are equally not condemned if we're in Christ. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in 
Christ Jesus, our Lord. We are equally eternally secure. All of that is equal. None of that changes. We are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Everybody gets saved the same way. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. It's an equal opportunity for everybody to get saved, redeemed the same way, not under condemnation the same way, and eternally secure the same way. For as an Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Go to 2 Corinthians 5. Second Corinthians five, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In the Lord, we all have equal newness. Some Christians want to hold on to their oldness. By comparing themselves to somebody else. Yeah, well, I know he's a new creature, but he didn't do what I did. I know she's a new creature, but she didn't have to deal with what I had to deal with. We have equal newness. Despite the fact that we might have different pains of temporal consequences. As a result of the stupid stuff we did prior to coming to Christ. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. This isn't, hey, you get saved and all your consequences from the stuff you did yesterday are going to go away. If you go ra rob the, the convenience store today and you get caught and you get saved tomorrow in jail, what do you think? You're going to tell the judge you're saved? I'm a new creature. Just let it go. No, you're not saved from the consequences. But despite that disappointment. There's no need to be disappointed <laughs> because you've got a temporal life down here. It's going to end. You've got something better. So we being many are one body in Christ. All of us are equal in the body of Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female for you're all one in Christ Jesus. That distinction of male and female is done away in Christ. And that's not a text verse to use for, well, nothing matters. And male and female doesn't matter. And pronouns don't matter. And distinction in the sexes don't matter anymore. No. That's not what that verse means. Doesn't matter if you're Jew or Greek, you get saved the same way. Doesn't matter if you're male or female, you get saved the same way, you're part of the same body. 
2 Timothy 3, 12, you don't turn there, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You got two truths here in 2 Timothy 3. You don't have to turn there, but you, all of us can equally live a godly life. And so tired of hearing people make excuses for why they can't live for the Lord. This lady called earlier in the week. Um, can you help with the light bill? I said, well, what did your preacher say when you called him? I said, I'm not your preacher. What did your preacher say? I don't have a preacher. I said, well, why not? Well, this and that and the other thing. You know how many churches are open on Sunday? Well, I don't agree with what they all say. Okay, well, they don't agree with most of what you say. <laughs> so, so, lady, find one and go there. And make a contribution by coming and sitting and learning, saying amen, and telling the preacher and, and the church folks at the end of the church and in the service, hey, that was a blessing. I think I'm better off for it. And then we'll give you some money for your light bill. Everybody has an equal opportunity to live a godly life if they're in Christ. And the same truth in that verse is we'll have equal opportunity for some type of persecution. Now, it might not be as extreme as some of these third world locations, but you're going to have some level of persecution. You decide to live a godly life. It's coming. Just thank the Lord it's not dialed up as hot as it is in some places and areas. Ephesians 2. Why don't we go there? Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, chapter, uh, verse number. Chapter 2, verse number 10. The Bible says, for we, Ephesians 2.10, are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Every good deed you do, if you're a saved Christian, it should be because of Christ. And this idea of Christians getting rid of the distinction in 1 Corinthians 11 and trying to live independent of their spouse, trying to live independent and not be in the Lord. It's completely out of balance. It is not living the distinctive life that God would have us to do. And the Bible says, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And you know what God ordained that Christians should do? Live a good life. That was before ordained that we should walk in them. That's what God ordained. Anybody that is saved and washed in the blood of the Lamb, God said, you are ordained to live this way. And when you don't live the way that God would have you to live, you are out of the distinctive order that God has designed for you. 
Bible says, peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. You know what else we equally have and there's no distinction in? Peace. Amongst a world that doesn't have peace. In a world that's full of fighting, full of arguing, full of war, full of famine. You can have the same peace as any other Christians. All of us equally. There isn't a distinction there. We all have access to it. Look at Ephesians 1. You already are there in chapter 2. Look at verse 3 in chapter number 1. Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. All of us have spiritual blessings. Where? In in Christ. In Christ. There are 77 verses. That was only a few. There are 77 verses that talk about in Christ. We're all equal. I'm just telling you, if a husband is not subjected to Christ's headship, he dare not ask his wife to be subject to him. All of us and all of our relationships need to remember our success does not come from being independent of God. It comes from finding our role and our distinction where? Not in the world, not in the culture, not in what your favorite self-help guru says, where? In Christ, in the Lord. That's where we need to be. That's who has the preeminence. That's where success comes from. The wife, likewise, if she's not willing to search out her gracious and glorious God-given role to provide help, to provide love, to provide comfort, to provide encouragement. She doesn't have a problem with her husband. She doesn't have a problem with men. She has a problem with God's ordained order. That's the root cause. The distinction in 1 Corinthians 11 goes far, far beyond whether or not you have an artificial covering on your head or not. There are clear distinctions that are not just for the Corinthian time, but our time. It transcends. It transcends decades. And most of this stuff is heart issues. Isn't it easier to just grow your hair long or get a, or cut your hair short? Isn't it easier to just put something on your head or not put something on your head? I mean, no matter what side of the road you're on, no, other, no matter what lane you're driving in, isn't that easier? Isn't it easier to just put on a blouse or a dress or a skirt or trousers? Isn't it easier? These things are easy to do. There's a distinction that starts in the heart that's harder. That's harder to do. And it's this idea of 
not getting rebellious and wanting to be independent of Christ. And because we get independent of Christ, all of these other things just get messed up. Look at verse number 12. Go back to 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. The Bible says, verse number 12, For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman. Watch this last phrase. But all things of God. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman. Man is born of a woman, is of a few days and full of trouble. Not because of the woman. <laughs> he's, full of, he's, he's full of trouble because of this sin-cursed world. Man that is born of a woman in Job 14 is of a few days. In other words, right now we can all look back. And appreciate the brevity of life. Yeah. Those of you. You can look over to the young people in the church house tonight. And you can take a. You can probably take less than 30 seconds. And you can. You can take yourself back to a childhood time. When you were that age. And you can remember. And doesn't it seem. That life is so short. The brevity of life. It's short. You young people. Serve God in your youth. Live for God now. So that when you look back. When you're 50 or 60 or 70. At the young people in the church. You can have a memory that brings you back to. Yeah I remember. Serve God in your youth. Life is short. Life is brief. Man is of a few days. Man is of a few days. Well, I'm going to live to 100. That's a few days. In light of eternity, that's not long. Man is a few days. I'll be 50 at the end of the year, so I'm half dead. <laughs> I'm half dead. I mean, you can look at it that way. And I do, because that motivates me to want to do more for the Lord. There's not that much time left. What are you going to do with your life? Young people, what are you going to do with your life? You going to live for God or are you going to live for self? Is it going to be I'm independent and God's going to be over here on Sunday or midweek service and when mom and dad asked me to come to church, but in my heart, I'm not in my mind's not on the Lord. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Now, don't tell me what mom and dad are going to make you do. What are you going to do? Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Man's weakness. Go to first Peter. I, I find this verse to be interesting in light of what we're talking about. First Peter chapter three, you all know this. We've been through it earlier uh, in, in, in an earlier message, but watch where man's weakness comes from. 
1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 7. Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as under the weaker vessel. And as being heirs together, the grace of life, your prayers be not hindered. Now, all that's true. We should give honor under our wife as under the weaker vessel. More likely to be tempted all this. We're not going to preach on that or talk about that. What I'm pointing out is that that's where the man's weakness comes from. He comes out of the woman who is the weaker vessel. Kind of interesting based on what we're what we're talking about. So man should be real careful, even though there's a distinction. And she is the weaker vessel. Man still comes from one. And yes, there's a distinction there. But no. There isn't an independence from each other because you rely on each other. You find your happiness and your peace and success. Yes, in the Lord. But by living out your God-ordained roles, you can't say I'm living. You're living your life for the Lord, yet the husband and wife are independent of each other. He's got his deal. She's got his deal, and whatever. Well, I'm in the Lord. No, you're not, because you're not following the God-ordained order, and so it's not in the Lord. It's not. Well, that doesn't sound like success or victory, all this, you know, this negative stuff. But look at the end of the verse. And we'll finish with that. But all things. Of God. We think of success, we think of victory, we think of being on the winning side as we're in first Corinthians 11. We're going to finish up verse number 12. Where it says, but all things of God. We want all things to be of us. You look at all these sporting events, and there's something in the in the heart of man where before the game starts, the players come on out. And the crowd goes into a room. You know what those players think? They're cheering. How many tournaments that I did, you go out and they call your name and people are cheering. And you know what I, you know what I think? I'm here. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to win. It's me. You, you kids playing music? You don't play for applause. One of the worst things that can affect you is having someone cheer for you and you can't handle it. They're clapping for me. I'm me. Look, we want to tell you good job. We want to give you some praise. All that's rightfully placed. But I'm telling you, you hear a crowd going to an uproar because your name is called. That has to be kept in check there's something in the heart of man that loves the recognition that loves the applause but it doesn't matter because it's not success 
but all things of God. When you get that praise, when you get that applause, at the end of it, do you say, but all things of God. I thank God that I have the ability to play. I thank God I have the ability to swing a ball back. I thank God I have the ability to run real fast. I thank God for the ability to be able to sing the songs and play the music. Is it of God or is it of you? It's this independence of God that has got us in this mess, especially in the United States. It's got us in this mess where we could care less about God-ordained distinctions because we want to be independent of God in our thinking and the way that we live our life. And that's not success. I know people watch too much TV. I know people are on the social media too much. I know it's taking, it's it's curbing the appetite for Christians to want to want to go to church more, and you know it's not just Sunday morning for an hour and then I'm good. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to witness. I'm not going to make midweek. I'm not going to try to get there every time the doors are open. Why? Because I've got a better opportunity to do something where I can get the praise and I can rise up and it can be about me. I'm telling you, I don't want to be anywhere else than with God's people. I wish we had more of God's people to fellowship with and pray with and evangelize with and come to church more than just for 45 minutes. It should be a life. I know our appetites have been curbed. But with all that said, It's easier to point the finger at that than our own heart's rebellion to be independent of God. Our lives need to be in the Lord. Our lives need to have but all things of God. We can't have the independent attitude. Mr. Carter, he shot an image, Kevin Carter, of that little girl. And as he got closer, he realized it was a little boy in Africa, in Sudan, and the vulture. There he is. And all he did, as he sees this play out, he takes the photo, and all he did was go over and chase that vulture away. And that vulture flies away. And that boy, he was able to resume his walk and he was able to walk to the food bank for whatever reason. I don't know. We don't have much more information, but that was all he did. He didn't lift the boy up. He didn't offer the boy food. He didn't give the little boy a hug. He didn't hold his hand. He didn't pick the scrawny, malnourished, starving and dying boy up and carry him to the food bank. No. He simply boarded the small plane that was there for the journalists and he headed off. But his photo ended up in the New York Times. And as a result, the following year in 1994, he won the Pulitzer Prize in photography. As a journalist, he had success. But there was a problem. As far as I can tell, he wasn't in the Lord. I don't know. So I'm going on assumption 
but his journalistic success wasn't enough for him. Because three months after winning the Pulitzer Prize, he ended his own life. Part of his note says, I'm really, really sorry. The pain of life overrides the joy to the point that joy does not exist. In his letter, he, he says he's depressed. He's without money. He's haunted by his childhood memories of anger and pain and starving and wounded children. You can't find peace in this world unless you find it in the person of Jesus Christ. This world's only hope is Christ. And the distinction that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 isn't about you or me or us. It's about the Lord. It's about living our life in the Lord. And if the best that that man has to offer is to shoo off a vulture, that's a sad day. And if you as a Christian, if the best you have to offer this world is to just shoo off some sin every time it comes in somebody's path, you've got nothing. You've got no victory for them. You've got no hope to offer them. You've got no peace to offer them. The best you got is a six-step, ten-step, or twelve-step program. And you try to get them to shoo off some stuff. Get out of here, vulture. Get out of here, drinking. Get out of here, drugs. Get out of here, cussing. And you don't offer them hope of Jesus Christ. The world's going to be just as starving. Laying face down in the dirt. you got to offer them something more than just shooing off a vulture. you got to offer them the Lord so that they can get in Christ. That's success. Success is knowing Christ. In Psalm 132, let thy priests be clothed with righteousness and let thy saints shout for joy. Someone that trusts Christ is now clothed with the righteousness of Christ. They now have some joy, even though the life that they lived as a child, they had to they had to see and participate and be a part of and experience all types of hurt and pain. You say, how can anybody have joy? The only way they can have joy after living a life like that is by putting their faith and trust in Christ. That's it. That's it. And food isn't going to magically appear. But you can feed off the words of God because you know you've got the victory because of the brevity of life. It's going to end. But to us, there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. This distinction isn't about us. This distinction. All through 1 Corinthians, we can't lose sight of the fact of these two itty bitty verses that in light of the entire chapter, people will say, well, that's not as important as the other stuff we read. 
We want more about the angels in verse number 10. We want more about nature that's coming up. We want more about long hair and short hair. We want more about all this stuff. You know what we need more of? In the Lord. That's where we ought to be. That's where we ought to be. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.